Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Chain, a podcast about different songs and the commonalities that link them together. I'm Britt Aylin, and in the last episode, we explored the history of MTV Unplugged, as we linked from Derek and the Domino's classic Layla to the Alanis Morissette heartbreak anthem, You Ought to Know. This time, we're going to take a look at the production behind the latter, as we link it to the next song in The Chain. Alanis Morissette was just 19 years old when she wrote and recorded You Want to Know. It was 1994, and she'd moved from Ottawa to LA, trying to escape the teenage pop star image that she'd developed in Canada. It was there that she met producer Glenn Ballard, who co-wrote most of the songs on Jagged Little Pill. At Ballard's home studio in Encino, they wrote and recorded song after song, Morissette laying down vocal tracks with Ballard on guitar. In 2015, Ballard told CBC Music that when he and Morissette first started writing together, he was rebuilding his studio after an earthquake and didn't have an engineer on site, saying, quote, I was just doing my best to get it on tape, recording it on eight ads. I have a nice studio, but I don't consider myself to be a recording engineer. But on Jagged Little Pill, I was. So the first two things we did, it was just me, and she said, I like writing like that. So I engineered all the original demos, every single one of them. Most songs were written and recorded on the same day, with minimal vocal takes. In that same interview with CBC Music, Ballard said, quote, On You Ought to Know, it was 11 o'clock at night and she sang it once. We were exhausted, that was it. That's the record, that's the vocals. Ballard had encouraged Morissette to be brutally honest in her lyrics. And the raw heartbreak expressed in You Ought to Know has caused many to speculate on who it was that wronged her. I just think, you know, if you're going to take credit for a song where I'm singing about someone being a douche or an asshole, <laughs> you might not want right. to, yeah, you might not want to say, hey, that's me. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. right. That's Morissette on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen in 2019. The most likely culprit, although it's never been confirmed by Morissette herself, is Dave Coulier, best known for playing Uncle Joey in Full House. They dated in the early 90s when Morissette was 17 and Coulier was in his early 30s. We dated in 1992, and so all these years later, it's funny that it's become this urban legend and it just kind of spun its own life. It wasn't because I nurtured it along and said, I want to be this jerk in this hit song. That's Coulier for Where Are They Now on the Oprah Winfrey Network. And the evidence certainly adds up. The lyric, Did You Forget About Me, Mr. Duplicity, allegedly references the name of one of Coulier's comedy tours. The next woman he dated was 10 years Morissette's senior and could be considered an older version of her. And on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen in 2014, Coulier's Full House co-star Bob Saget said that he witnessed the incident that inspired another line from the song. I, I, you have to know this, I was at his house, and he said, Alanis just hung up on me and said, sorry to call you during dinner. <laughs> I, was, I was at his house when she said that to him. And as for what happened in the theatre... You know, you do that popcorn cup trick one time in a theatre and it comes back to haunt you the rest of your life. That's Coulier on 99.7 Now with Fernando and Greg in 2014. But today's episode is not songs that may or may not be about Dave Coulier. The vocals for You Ought to Know were recorded cold, with instrumentation written and added in later. And that first take, the vocal line from the demo, is what you hear on the finished product. 
Ballard handed the recording over to engineer Jimmy Boyle, who recruited a couple of musicians from the studio next door to lay down the guitar and bass. Dave Navarro, who was in the Red Hot Chili Peppers at the time, added a guitar track at the Signet Sound Studios in West Hollywood, telling Music and Musicians magazine in 2011 that, quote, We just had the vocal to work from. It was just a good time and we jammed until we found something we were both happy with. By we, Navarro is referring to himself and the other guest on the track, Red Hot Chili Peppers bassist Flea, who in that same article said, quote, It was very instinctive. I showed up, rocked out and split. Engineer Chris Vogel wasn't there on the day that Flea and Navarro recorded, but on an episode of Produce Like a Pro, he recalled mixing the track. They were brought back to me and then we had to really time a lot of it, particularly Flea. Flea was surprisingly way out of time on this. And uh, if he's watching, I apologize. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, that is not your performance. Uh, that's your performance timed quite a bit uh, through the genius of the ADAT and the BRC. So, Did you have to push him back? Was he a little bit more on top? He was way on top. That's exactly what it was. He, yeah. was, he was, in some cases, Glenn figured at some point he was a good quarter note on top in some cases. But after they worked Flea's baseline back into time, it became an integral part of the song. In the show notes, I'll link to a video by Rick Piatto that breaks down You Ought to Know to its stems so that you can take a proper listen to that bass. Now, You Ought to Know wasn't the first song that featured a cameo from Flea. In the late 80s, he appeared on records by Warren Zevon, Keith Levine and Jane's Addiction. And in 1989, he provided the iconic bass line for the song that we're linking to today, Young MC's Buster Move. The song was a massive hit, reaching number one on the ARIA charts. But Flea wasn't happy with his compensation, telling Bass Player magazine that, quote, I have a bitter taste in my mouth about that, because I feel as though I got ripped off. The bass line I wrote ended up being a major melody of the tune, and I felt I deserved songwriting credit and money because it was a number one hit. They sold millions of records and I got $200. Afterwards, my lawyer told them, you should throw down Flea some cash. But the record company said, we told him exactly what to play. No one was even in the room at the time but me and the engineer. It was ridiculous, but I learned from it. On the next episode of The Chain, we'll take a look at the record label behind Young MC's success. But in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Chain Pod. My name's Britt Aylan. Thank you for listening to The Chain. I'll catch you next time.